we had this story that we had a franchisee share with us recently over Halloween. We did uh, Steamoween. One child um, who was attending this party told the other, I come here every day. And this child goes to the owner and says, why, did, why is he saying he comes here every day? And she's like, well, that's because he does. So then he's, he, tells, he goes back and tells that child, do you go to Idea Lab school? <laughs> So these, it's these little stories that warm our heart that we, you know, we rolled out something to um, to help the communities. And now these little kids are calling it Idea Lab School, um, which is which is amazing. Welcome to the 100 CEO Project Podcast. We're super excited to be talking with Davina Bojwani today. She is the former CEO of Idea Lab Kids. She's the co-owner and now president. Um, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who are parents, you need to know. <laughs> We're talking about Idea Lab Kids. It's an educational enrichment franchise founded in 2011. In 2017, it started franchising and now has globally 87 campuses. The cool part is that it offers learning opportunities in science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, otherwise known as STEAM uh, activities. Davina, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Oh, thank, thank you for that great introduction, Laurie. You said it uh, so well about, you know, our, our journey with Idea Lab and um, a little history on our company. So I'm excited to be here with both of you. Cool. So uh, if, as I understand, you come to uh, Idea Lab Kids, honestly, if you will, with a background in leadership, an MBA from Rice. Yes, that's and, right. Also, having been a leader with the play and music centers, so you have a lot of experience and passion around education. What we're interested in today, just to start it off, is the pivot that you were able to make quickly around COVID when everybody got stuck at home with their children to be able to provide opportunities for parents who are basically desperate and wondering, <laughs> how do I keep my child in an environment where they're both having fun and learning? Can you talk to us real quick about that, that pivot that you made? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on March 13th, all of a sudden, we were all thrown into this uh, frenzy where everybody had stay home orders, right? I live here locally in Texas and um, literally overnight we were home with our kids. I'm working. I ended up working from home. My husband ended up working from home and all our franchisees who were having a great start to the year suddenly were um, not able to see any of their kids. So um, our, the first thing I will tell you is that, you know, um, it did pause everybody where people were at different stages of grief. It almost felt like where they were like, how do I get out of this? Like, what do I do to open my centers? Um, so the one thing that did help us is we are licensed as a daycare because we do provide after school care um, at our centers. So we, we have we have that licensing. So we were allowed to be open even during the pandemic and we could offer care to families uh, of essential workers at that time. Um, so that was really, you know, one uh, silver lining, if you will, um, even though our locations were seeing two or three kids um, on, you know, any given given week, which was very, very little, but at least they were helping out the community. You know, they were able to step in and, and uh, offer care to the workers who had to go into work, who didn't have choices like me and my husband to stay home and work from home, right? Um, so that was one, one first pivot. Our second pivot was we suddenly realized that all of our lessons, which are mostly like science experiments, engineering classes that we've done at our brick and mortar stores, 
we could take these experiments and offer it to families sitting at home. So just like you said, you know, you were sitting at home with your child and you're like, what do I do? So we went on uh, Facebook, we did Facebook live videos, we did Instagram videos. And in our little world, um, they went viral for us. So we got 5,000 views. We had families sharing them on. Um, and these were experiments with things that you could find around the house, baking soda, um, little cups. We made a robot out of cardboard, you know, bo Amazon boxes, which we all have sitting around at home. Um, so that was that really showed us that, you know, there is a need and demand for families who are who are at home and stuck and looking for creative things to do with their child. Um, and lastly, you know, when schools did start thinking about being open, they offered in different states, it, it varied, but in some states they were offering face-to-face -face or virtual or a hybrid schedule, you know, which is what we've seen in these last several months. So we also rolled out a program called Idea Lab Plus, which is essentially um, a small mini learning pod for these children. Um, so families who were not yet ready to send their child to school could come to an Idea Lab Center and they can even today. Um, and we put we have six rooms at our facility, so we converted each room to a, a learning pod, and we put the children in small groups, uh, six to eight children per room, temperatures at the door, masks at the facility, you know, all the new things that are that have become new normal for all of us. And uh, this program, I will tell you, is something that has really helped the franchisees and the communities. Um, you know, I was just talking to a franchisee last week who's, who has, who's at capacity. They've got 45 kids in their facility and they, they're like, we wish we had another center because there's so much demand in the, in the Charlotte market and there's so much demand there that they, they're, you know, they were on, honestly wishing they have the rights to open a second location. And they were saying, well, we wish we would have opened it last year. Um, so that's, that's kind of been, you know, from a franchisee's perspective, that's, that's kind of been the big pivot for us is uh, the introduction of this Idea Lab Plus program, which um, has taken us out of a need, you know, it's taken us to a level where that we would not have thought or imagined. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be start receiving all these calls from my franchisees saying, we have no money coming in. How, what were those conversations like? How did you deal with that in the moment when that first happened? Yeah, no, um, great question. You know, um, we initially we empathized with them and uh, our first question was, what can we do to help them? Um, so we rolled out a webinar. We almost were doing a webinar on a weekly basis where we offered them um, support in terms of the PPP loan, you know, the little information that we could get from our CPAs or from our own network of families, you know, we would get people coming into these webinars to talk about that. We did a webinar on how to renegotiate with your landlord. Um, you know, when you are in that brick and mortar facility, you're paying that rent regardless of whether you're seeing zero kids or you're seeing 40 kids. And, you know, to be honest with you, that is a fixed cost in, in any brick and mortar business. So um, that that really helped a lot of franchisees in, in varying markets. They negotiated in different ways. Some got rent abatement, some got, you know, complete waivers of rent, some got term added to the end of their lease, which franchisees took. You know, they said, okay, if you give me three months waived, and you add it to my end of my five-year term with, with my landlord, I totally will take that. And then the other, the last thing that we did from our side was we offered them a waiver of royalty as well for a few months. So um, that kind of really, you know, 
help them and um, they were really amazed and appreciative of that. We waived the technology fee and the royalties. Um, it was the least we could do to help everyone sustain through these tough times. So you mentioned you had some silver linings that came out of this and how were you rewarded by those actions that you took that really sound, I mean, remarkably wonderful for franchisees? Sure. Um, you know, the one thing I'll share with the two of you is a little bit of a history on where our company was before COVID. We, um, last year, we had started looking for investment in our firm and uh, we had reached a stage where we were growing. We had a lot of organic growth. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, we have about 84 locations right now. Um, and we've grown really fast. In a short time of three years, we kind of hit these milestones um, that we were not expecting to. We've been receiving calls. Oh, I went to an Idea Lab location. I love this brand. Like, how do I bring it to my market? Um, so all the right, right steps. But what came with that on the franchisor end was we needed funding. So we said, okay, let's, let's go fundraise. And we started that journey um, internally for us last year in December. Um, and as when COVID hit, we were in the process of talking to our top three prospects who were looking at putting an investment into the firm. Of course, needless to say, you know, um, a couple of them just got cold feet given the environment and, and they saw that the franchisees for a few months there were, were, not, were not even making any revenue at all. You know, they were just really doing a community give back um, by just being open for the families that were essential care workers. So we lost a couple of those people, but one of our huge silver linings was in July of this year, we did um, get a majority investor out of California. Um, Cynthia Tucson uh, made a large significant investment in our firm. And um, that to me, you know, that was the one big silver lining that came out of this um, because who would have thought, you know, you enter COVID a recession and um, all sorts of other craziness that's happening in 2020. And, you know, we ended up getting um, a large investor in the firm. Um, our um, second thing that I mentioned earlier was the, the launch of this Idea Lab Plus program. Um, you know, it took a while to explain to franchisees how this program would work because typically in the past, we've been such a heavily after school driven type uh, facility. Our centers have bus uh, vans or buses that go into the schools and pick up children and bring them to the facility. And our usual hours of operation are, is from two to seven in the evening. And we have those enrichment classes, coding, um, cooking, you know, robotics, things like that. So we had never been a, a program that was open in the daytime. So this was firstly something new, which we had to train our franchisees on. Okay, we're gonna be open in the morning hours. We're gonna offer uh, remote learning support. So the kids that come to your facility will come in with their laptops, uh, will log into their classes. And you know you would need to have somebody there who's gonna be able to coach them or guide them through those lessons. Um, some of our centers, the one that I mentioned that had has about 40 kids, they've got rooms broken out by grades. So they have a kindergarten room, they have a first grade room, third grade room, sixth grade, all the way through sixth grade. And the reason I mentioned that is because the support that's needed for a kindergartner is way different than the support that's needed for a sixth grader. And what they do after their, um, their lessons or during their enrichment time is they, they then get a chance to do Idea Lab um, activities. So we would do a science project with them. The kids that come to us, you know, um, we had this story that we had a franchisee share with us recently over Halloween. We did uh, Steamoween, which was just a small um, Halloween, indoor Halloween parade and a party for uh, the kids. So one child um, who was attending this party told the other, I come here every day. 
and this child goes to the owner and says why did, why is he saying he comes here every day and she's like well that's because he does so then he he tells he goes back and tells that child do you go to idea lab school <laughs> so <laughs> so these it's these little stories that warm our heart that we you know we rolled out something to um to help the communities and now these little kids are calling it idea lab school um which is which is amazing it's really fun. My son had it with his old school. I think I was sharing with you last time we talked um, and he did science lab and he did it two years in a row because he had so much fun. So I, I can definitely, definitely see kids wanting to do those activities all the time. Um, and I'm interested in owning a franchise is kind of a special type of entrepreneurship. And you've been on both sides of it. You've been a franchise owner at Play and Music and now you're on the franchise or side. Um, what do you see as some of the differences between becoming a franchisee or starting from scratch as an entrepreneur? And what are sort of the positives and negatives of that? Yeah, yeah, no, um, great question. So I ran my my own Jimbury Play Music Centers for eight years. And in those eight years, I operated four locations here uh, locally in Houston, Texas. I grew one of my centers to be the top performing in the nation. Um, for me, it was a big leap of uh, faith when I went into franchise ownership. I'd never owned a business. I I'd worked for 10 years in uh, corporate America, um, done the financial planning, forecasting, you know, all the check the boxes after your MBA, all those roles. Um, and then I had my first child in 2010. And uh, that made me take a step back and kind of think about where I really wanted to go with my own career. And um, that, you know, launched the journey into uh, small business ownership. But as a franchisee, you know, you, you wear multiple hats because you're, even though the, it's a franchise, you know, you really are the marketing person. You're, you're using the tools given to you from franchisor and doing marketing in your local areas. Um, you end up being the operations person because you're trying to figure out the customer has to get the best experience from the moment they walk in the door to the time they attend the classes. Um, and then lastly, you also are responsible for all the numbers, right? At the end of the day, the financial performance of that center falls on you. Um, so as a franchisee, I think that's that was one key for me was, you know, wearing these multiple hats and being comfortable switching and pivoting myself to all these different roles. I, I didn't have experience in marketing, but suddenly I became a marketer. Um, and then as a, as a franchisor, you know, um, I think the big thing for me is I, I'm able to empathize with what our franchisees feel and what they go through. And that empathy has really helped me in this, in this role. Um, Idea Lab for me was, came, came onto my plate in 2017 as a passive investment. Uh, it was a franchise that was growing, you know, um, some, and there was an opportunity to invest in the firm. And at that point, I thought, okay, this is this will be great. I've done franchising. I still owned my uh, own centers at that point. And then, as I sold my centers in um, 2019, that's when I stepped in here to Idea Lab into a more active role. Um, and honestly, I've loved it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, as they say, you go through your, you go through things in your journey for a reason, and that's kind of what I feel. Um, that I was, I, I did franchising for eight years. I was kind of prepping myself for this role because this is a, a bigger role and, you know, going from four locations to almost uh, hitting on 90 or to hundred soon, uh, you know, is, is, is uh, definitely a whole different challenge. You're also an angel investor. So considering all the changes that have occurred in 2020, how has the landscape for seed funding uh, for various companies changed? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think I got exposed to angel investing, you know, three or four years ago. 
Um, and I, I mentioned that because a lot of people ask me, um, how do you become an angel investor? Like, how, how does one get that, um, get that, that pivoted title, I guess, in a way, or coveted title in a way. Um, so that, you know, there's, there are so many organizations here locally in Houston, there's uh, the Houston Angels Network. Um, and then there's, there are other organizations where you could learn about um, angel investing. And um, I've, I've kind of seen that space change where this year um, there's actually a lot more funding available and people are trying to figure out where, where do I invest my, uh, my dollars in. And a, a prime example of that is Idea Lab, right? We were able to um, close our fund, funding round in July of, uh, of this year, you know, right in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and one thing I will say is that you know, supporting women entrepreneurs is is really big and key in, in my little world. Um, and I don't see enough of that, unfortunately. You know, I do go to a lot of funding events and I see uh, women entrepreneurs pitch, but there is a lack of funding that's available um, in that space. And I, I don't exactly know why that is. I think, you know, maybe as people get more confident, especially if it's your first venture, um, you know, you just have to prove yourself even more on, um, you know, yes, I can do this and I got it. And, and I, um, so that, that's kind of would be my answer on that. Females and getting invested that in, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. been talking about that the last, the last few weeks. Um, so segueing back to the school districts, cause I know you do a lot of work with schools and after school programs. What kind of changes are you seeing within the school and school districts at the moment? Sure. So um, the school districts are not allowing third-party vendors to come in for any after-school um, pickups. You know, one of the main key reasons we're hearing from them is they they want to curtail their germs. <laughs> so they want to have their own staff there. Um, they are following a whole bunch of different protocols. Um, you know, of course, kids are all wearing masks throughout the entire day, even a kindergartner or a pre-K child, even if your child is just four years old, you are mandated to wear masks, even outside on the playground. And, um, you know, when we first started hearing about this, even as a parent myself, I was like, wow, you know, would, would children do that? And interestingly enough, kids are, kids are comfortable uh, with it. And um, the other thing that we're hearing a lot of is this whole um, school districts are, are really facing a challenge with, in terms of staffing. Um, the teachers, whether they, they have to decide if they're going to be face-to-face -face teachers or if they're going to be virtual teachers. And, um, you know, I think really this year is it, the education sector has hit the hardest. You know, they are working harder than they've ever worked before. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, probably getting a lot of, um, not backlash, but, you know, uh, parents are struggling with, is my child falling behind? You know, they're on virtual school. They're not, they're not uh, learning as well as they did face-to-face. -face. Um, and a six-year-old is not meant to be in front of a screen all day, you know, six, eight hours of the day. So, um, so I would definitely feel like school districts are faced with a challenge that they're trying to figure out how to overcome. Um, and unfortunately, in 2021, I don't see this changing. You know, it's still it's still going to be the same. Um, in our school district here in Houston, Texas, we opted to go back in person, face to face, for my kids. Uh, it's a personal choice that we made. 50% of our school um, opted to go back, and uh, and honestly, it's the best decision that we made. We haven't looked back at all. Um, every uh, six to eight weeks, you get the choice to decide again. And I was just having that conversation on the drive to school this morning. Would you, would you change it? Would you go back to virtual? And and yeah, all all around, I got answers of no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I agree. Mine, we're in the same, I'm in Dunlap, Illinois, but we're in the same situation. Um, my son's going to school in person. And then a lot of kids are coming back. And I guess they were getting concerned about how many kids are going to be coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're doing a great job up here. Um, yes. Are you comfortable with the protocols they have at the school? I think they've been doing an excellent job and they give us a case report every week. And we haven't had, the high school and middle school have had more cases than say the elementary schools, but I think that's to be expected with the older children. Yeah. So. Great. Davina, one last question. Um, we'd like to know what your top tips are for CEOs with kids who are stuck at home <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? <laughs> um, so, you know, I think top, let's break it down to top three. Um, the first tip would be is, you know, keeping, um, keeping your child engaged in different activities, um, even if it is, you know, for 15 minutes in the day, just going to the backyard and running around or going to your front yard and doing, doing something physical. Um, because that is one thing that uh, I'm realizing as a parent myself is the, the physical movement of children is, is restricted. And if you let them be, my nine-year-old, you know, he loves gaming. So he's, you let him be and he's off in between classes of uh, playing Minecraft or roadblocks or working on coding something. Um, so, um, so that would be my, my first, um, you know, first suggestion is definitely keep, keep, the, keep the physical movement going. Um, a second one would be, you know, enrichment, um, looking at some sort of enrichment class or, you know, even socialization, um, kids in the, in the neighborhood, or if you want look at programs that are following good protocols, you know, idea lab definitely is, uh, are, we have this, this option where a family could sign up for one class a week, you know, a membership model where you could just attend on a Monday and, you know, socialize, socialize with the little children in that class, or we offer STEAM workshops on the weekends where you could come in and do a little workshop. Um, that is key right now, given that our kids have not socialized with each other since March. You know, they've, they've been home and, and yes, of course, we all wanna play it safe and we all have our little COVID bubbles. You know, we've, I've got families that we interact with in the neighborhood and uh, we maintain social distance. We, met, we wear, wear masks and we let the kids interact with each other. Um, you, you have to bring that some sense of normalcy back, right? Socialization at this age for the kids is such a big deal, such a big deal. And, and you know, I can't emphasize that enough because I remember when, the, when school was starting in September for us, um, my kids were so excited. They were going to virtual school. They were so excited. They were getting the supplies ready. They were getting the laptop set up and things like that. And, and they were holding up these signs that said first day of virtual school. And, uh, you know, and what they really missed the most was being able to talk to their friends. So, yeah, um, that would be my, um, you know, big, big key is socialization. <laughs> so have you been able to open new franchises during this time and continue to grow Ideal Lab Kids? Yeah, so great question, Andrea. Um, we last year we sold about fifty um, assigned territories in twenty nineteen, and we were kind of following that same trend um, January February. All of a sudden in March, you know, pandemic hit. We all took a pause. Um, intentionally, as a brand, we actually have we paused our selling of new franchises. Uh, we really focused internally and we wanted to figure out what is our business model to get through the pandemic. Um, you know, and the one thing I will tell you, I kept hearing things like, 
oh, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over four weeks or, you know, a month or two months or three months. We're going on, you know, six, eight months now and, and the pandemic's not over. So I think that was a, a, a big factor for us as a brand is, um, you know, to be able to stop selling franchises, strengthen our core, uh, roll out programs like Idea Lab Plus. We also rolled out tutoring um, because that's something we saw that our families were asking a lot about. My child is falling behind in school. How can how can I um, do something to help them? So we rolled out tutoring. They, the kids come to us anyways. Uh, we rolled out a partnership uh, in the coding space as well. So our the reason for all these innovative partnerships was to really make the existing franchise franchise locations strong so that we can survive this this storm. And then back when we get back to 2021, we can start looking at selling more locations for next year. Awesome. So where can we find you, Davina? Like where can we find Idea Lab? Sure. So you uh, you can look at look for us on our website, um, idealabkids.com. And um, if there isn't one in your state or territory, definitely give us a call. We would love to talk to you about franchising. Super. Davina Bojwani, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Again, guys, uh, she is the president and co-owner of Idea Lab Kids. We know you guys are all out there with kids at home and you need a little help and a little fun. So this is the place to go. Thank you both so much for having me. This has been super fun for me. Hey guys, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends and colleagues who also have to navigate this leadership stuff. As you can see, this project is about to be a mini masterclass in every episode. Best part, it's free. So if you like it, please do us a favor and take a screenshot, share it on social with the hashtag 100CEO. That's 100CEO. That way we can say thanks and share it in our stories. And finally, if you've got some insights you'd like to share and you're a CEO, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at 100ceoproject.com or on LinkedIn at the 100 CEO Project. Until next time, keep leading by example.